0: Welcome to the Pop
1: Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review. Wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, The Happy Hoarder, and everything we do at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, including the fact that we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer that's out there on Facebook. Plus, we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can support, All of that, it is sincerely appreciated. As we head into the later stages of 2022, there's still a few games that are out there that are still on the minds of gamers all over the place. And here today to talk about some of those games that people are talking about. It's Good Man Indeed. You got to go ahead and check them out at The Happy Hoarder the super bs games cast and of course everything that he does right here at the pop culture cosmos it is our own man in the know when it comes to everything pop culture it is josh peterson what's up man
1: what is up okay first of all this probably won't be relevant when people finally listen to this but did you happen to catch the trailer for andor
0: yes uh, that's one of the things i caught before i Caught my wink of sleep and I use that one word singular word wink as opposed to winks of sleep yes I did go ahead and catch Andor I thought it looks very promising I know it's something that on the back half of 2022 that a lot of people are looking forward to people are kind of up in arms or kind of bewildered why the Star Wars community at Disney Plus would actually be heading back to the world of Andor and everything going on there because we all know what happened to Andor and
1: yeah, uh, Ultimate just, Demise. But mm-hmm. yeah. It yeah. just it, it seemed like a weird thing to make a story about, you know, like a story about a story about a guy that stole some Death Star. I don't know, it's just a weird thing. I do love that they brought back like the Rogue One tone though the, the mm-hmm. that Gareth uh, Edwards created.
0: Absolutely. It looks very stylistic. I liked it. I think that it's going to be a series that you and I will be talking about with hopefully a very positive spin on it when it comes out, as it comes out. So if you're catching this and it's later in the year, we already talked to you about what's gone on with Star Wars Andor. So if you have any thoughts on Star Wars Andor, whether it's the trailer or the actual series itself, actually, it's going to be, I think, September 18th. I think it starts as far as right around there. With three episodes, which I thought was the real kicker to me. It's a three-episode premiere. Why the three-episode premiere? That seems to be very Um,
1: interesting. Weird weird number, yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. But, yeah, please go ahead and check it out today. The trailer right there at Pop Culture Cosmos. Or if you've checked out the series at all and you have some thoughts, please go ahead and let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yak.com. But it is me, Gerald Glassford of Pop Culture Councils, along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. We are talking video games. And with 2023, a year that, again, earlier in the year, I had and stated. 22. 2022, excuse me, 20 i <laughs> I'm already facing into 2023. But 2022 being a year that I think is underwhelmed. For various reasons, because of the catch-up mode. I think that a lot of these Mm -hmm. studios have had to go ahead and endure because of COVID. I think it just, everything piled up. I think everything that they could put out in the first years of this pandemic, they did, for the most part. And for a lot of these studios, which had a lot of grandiose plans in 2022, they've had to delay it into 2023. Your thoughts on the scene here in 2022 before we go ahead and pick some games that you want to go ahead and talk about for 2022
1: yeah i it's been a weird year you know and i i feel like we're going to be playing catch up for a while you know looking at 2021 obviously a lot of things got delayed because of covid going into 2022 everyone's like oh this is the year we're going to be playing catch up but i think that they're still overestimating just like How much work still needed to be done on a lot of these games due to you know everyone whether it was working from home or you know just putting a pause on things in general so it's possible i mean even 2023 might not be a big year you know it's i i I honestly can say that like i feel like 2024 will be like the next strong year for video games because you know as we're seeing in the news like it's COVID is like not going away, you know, like it's, it's still having its effects on people and workplaces. So it's, it's, Will I mean, even will we ever get another great year, like 2006? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's anybody's guess right now.
0: I think 2023 will be loaded. I think it'll be stacked with a whole ton of games. As far as these games backed up 2024 might be the same. And then, Hopefully by 2025, it'll sort of kind of even itself out. But Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have at least one good year, 2023 or 2024, where all these games that have been delayed are just going to stack up into one monumental year that will be something that we will always remember for some time to come. We always talked about 2007 being a great year. You yeah. said, what, two, 2017, 2018, one of those years being a great year for you as well, as far mm-hmm. as the number of games that were produced. So I'm, I'm thinking that 2023 right now looks to be a mammoth year for all the game releases that are coming out, supposedly. But if they get delayed yeah. into 2024, then twenty four could actually be the one that steals the show for this decade.
1: Oh, for sure! Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like I said, it's just it's the, the, with the the way I guess uh, COVID I guess keeps coming and going, and you know the the work from home protocols are are coming and going. Like it's it's really hard to tell like how what what things are going to look like. You know,
0: absolutely. But right now, seemingly there's going to be a great year on the horizon in 2023. But we'll keep your prize of what's going on right here at Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source as we go ahead and detail the video game industry at large. I know that July was doing a little bit better as far as some releases are concerned, but for the most part, this has been a soft year. I know a lot of people are saying great things about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for the Nintendo Switch. I know that some other individuals out there had a chance to go ahead and get the final DLC for Cuphead. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people should remember how great Cuphead was, but delicious last course was a very well-received DLC, a final edition for earlier this year. But I guess there are some games that are still out there that are scheduled to come out this year that we can talk about. So what are some of those games that you would like to talk about for this year that are, scheduled at this point in time in our conversation still yet to come out.
1: I mean, just for the, the sake of a general audience here, I'm going to stick with the ones that are kind of outside the realm of indies. You know, we have our big AAA titles or A titles. I'm going to start in the month of August here. And we have, of course, you know, every year we have Madden NFL 23. We have an interesting one. And this is one we've kind of talked about a little bit. Saints Row, like this is a complete reboot of Saints Row what are your thoughts on this though do you think that this is going i mean it looks crazy like it looks cool but at the same time like was anyone really clamoring for a saints row like reboot i guess was this was this called for not one that i think might
0: not have the type of style and humor Mm -hmm. and individuality i think that The previous iteration of Saints Row, all three iterations of Saints Row, Saints Row 1, 2, and the third, had, I think that's something that I think, from what I'm seeing, is missing in this version of Saints Row. I think this is more a straightforward game game, as opposed to a game that's trying to get by on its personality. Because you got to remember, when the Saints Row series first came out, GTA was as it is now super hot and everybody wanted to jump on that open world bandwagon they all wanted to go ahead and have that type of game that was well, going to rival gta yeah. at that point in time and, and that now, was a,
1: a weird era too remember we had like crackdown and we had yeah. uh, uh, just, a, bunch just of, a bunch of games yeah
0: yeah bunch of bunch of open world games similar to what we saw with gta gta clones we were hauling them gta clones <laughs> But Saints Row was considered by many to be one of the best GTA clones because the fact that it had its own style and personality. And it chose to go ahead and mock and also showcase a lot of humor of this video game style at that point in time. Flash forward, what, over 10 years later, now 15 years later, from when it was really something that people were talking about at least the first one anyways. And now you have a game that's been rebooted that I think that is more of a standard, traditional, I guess, uh, just normal-looking open-world game. And now that people are so familiar with open-world games, I'm not sure people are clamoring for it anymore. And like you said, no one was really asking for this reboot.
1: No, it kind of reminds me of of Rage, right? Like Rage 1 was a... It was a good game, you know. It had Fallout vibes to it. it. It took itself seriously, but then Rage Two came out, and they had seen like the following that Borderlands had. And they're like, "How can we make this game more like Borderlands?" And like, I don't think I think that that game did poorly because nobody really wanted it.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I'm I'm not on the fence. Uh, I mean, I'm not on the bandwagon of Saints Row this time around. Mm-hmm. I was in the original, but. It's going to have to do a lot to sell me to get me back into the world of Saints Row once again.
1: Absolutely. Last few things in August here are: we have Pac-Man World repack. I had some decent memories of that as a as a kid. You know, playing that on Sega Genesis. I remember, uh, sorry, in the arcades. That's something you're clamoring, really clamoring to play, or is that just no? I mean,
0: Pac-Man, I never was in love with then. I did play it, but it was something Mm. I really wasn't that super into. I know there's been so many dozens and dozens and dozens of variations upon the original Pac-Man since, going from Miss Pac-Man to Pac-Man Land to so many different styles of what we've seen with Pac-Man. And I know
1: even... like a Mario-style game. Yeah,
0: but even in this century, there has been pretty good versions of Pac-Man that have already been released, like Mm Pac-Man Championship Edition when it came out in the first decade of the 2000s. That was very much lauded as a tremendous game. I know that in recent times, there's been a Pac-Man reboot or Pac-Man version of a game that really a lot of people have been also looking forward to as well. So this is another reimagining of Mm -hmm. the Pac-Man game and the pac-man genre and the pac-man motif i just i don't know i just don't think that it's going to get the kind of love i think that people are hoping for simply because of the fact that again how many iterations of pac-man can you really go ahead and do
1: no you're right it's it's a very obscure property too like it's you know of, of all the things why am i going to re- go back and play something like that um that's not to say that it won't find an audience but that comes out august 26 for all major consoles uh this next one i know you're familiar with uh destroy all humans 2 reprobed and that hits all major consoles and pc august 30th but is this something you see yourself going into it's got to have the
0: humor that's the thing i mean i enjoyed so much not only the first time around way back when when the first one uh came out but the reboot the reimagining of that when I, i got a chance to go ahead and review it once again i had so much fun and it was so entertaining for the original destroy all humans that when i went into the reboot i even had a better time because of the things that they cleaned up and made so much better and so much prettier about the game now you're talking because of that successful reboot they went ahead and decided to go ahead and make a sequel to destroy all humans so i don't know it's all about the humor and if the humor is not there this game will fall flat i mean this game will definitely fall yeah. flat
1: it looks like it's got a pretty cool co-op mode so yeah that comes out august 30th all major consoles and pc uh last one for the month of august would be teenage mutant ninja turtles the cowabunga collection It's just kind of a uh collection of all the older ninja turtle games the last one that came out as a uh the arcade game as you could play on consoles was yes. it came out decent praise you know and it, it was i would call it successful so you know whether or not this one will get any traction we will see for those of you who like to have video games as a collector's item there are many versions of this game coming out so you can check that out august 30th
0: you're listening to the pop culture cosmos for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba Check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, moving here into September. This one is kind of a, uh, this is another remake. uh, Last of Us Part 1 on PS5, and that comes out September 2nd. This game, I tell you, like, I will, I mean... This is going to be a black friday game for me you know I, I have a feeling that it's going to come out black friday it'll be like 25 bucks i'll pick up a copy of it but that's i what usually
0: happens for the games in, se- in september that come out oh, in September. they usually yeah. just drop it like crazy and in, in november
1: yeah and that i mean that's why i love black friday so much you know because i don't have to buy games in like september october even november because they're all on sale But I just, like, what are your thoughts on releasing a remake of a game that nobody was really clamoring for? It's already been remade. Yeah, it's already been remade at a $70 price point.
0: I'm not in favor of it. I mean, The Last of Us is a great game. Cannot wait for the HBO series with Pedro Pascal. I'm looking forward to that show and that series on HBO. I'm really just not enthused paying another $70 for something that maybe is a little bit better looking it's more enhanced as far as some of the features that they're trying to put into it but really it doesn't do much for me playing it for a third time around and in some cases people will be playing it a third time around I think that's way too much to ask even for something as great as Naughty Dog making another reimagining of The Last of Us
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the same thing with, like, Spyro the Dragon for me. Like, I loved Spyro as a kid, but would I have paid $60 to play just Spyro when it was remastered for the, uh, you know, Ignited Trilogy? No, but the fact that I was able to play those other two games with it made it worth my time. Like, this is something that Sony is trying to prove that money is not the most important thing, but they do a poor job at it. You know, a $70 price point is, is not me but if it is for you september 2nd ps5 you can pick it up then moving into september 9th here we got nba 2k 23 more of the same comes out on all major consoles and pc and then that same day we have splatoon 3 okay that comes out on switch this is becoming a major esports player do you think that we're you know as someone who's in that in the area in las vegas you think that we're going to see splatoon rise to the levels of league of legends one day no
0: i think this game came out with some energy behind it and it came out with a community that it built but it never expanded beyond the levels i think that it needed to in order to become one of the mainstays of the nintendo library one of the mount rushmore of Mm -hmm. gotta have it nintendo icon titles I think it had a chance, it had an opportunity to, and I think we've spoke about it on the show when it first came out, as far as that the possibility of it heading in that direction. But yeah. it never quite caught on to the level I think that it needed to. I think it's a still you know, a fairly successful in the eyes of Nintendo series that is worth continuing. And of course, the fact that it is a rare, successful multiplayer game that's not named Mario Kart is obviously a big win for Nintendo in and of itself, but I don't see it at the level of any of the Mario or Zelda games at this point. I don't think, you know, it's going to be remembered as a game. That's going to break the bank unless it does something dynamic. It has been a solid seller, a very, very, very solid seller on the Nintendo switch. That's why there is a Splatoon three, but, I don't think it's to the point where everybody is going to go ahead and go into another game of Splatoon that they got to have it. I think it caters to a community like Overwatch. Overwatch, I think, is a very comparable to it as far as this was a game that I think a lot of people had ideas on and thoughts on. In fact, we commented time that it had that type of potential for a breakout super hit. It got close. They had the leagues that were after it. You know, they had the Overwatch League that was part of it that we actually talked about and reported on. And it just never quite got to that level of a super hit, a mega hit that I think that it needed to get. Even with, you know, uh, Overwatch 2 coming out, Splatoon 3 is the same thing for me. I think that it just, it's, it's a good game. It's a very much beloved game, but not to the level I think that it will reach an all-time multiplayer status. It's not going to be reaching the the heights of whatever your the favorite or just the, the I guess, the Fortnites, the Call of Duties, yeah. the, the even the battlefields. I'm not sure if it'll reach that level. Well, actually, the last battlefield stunk, so maybe it could reach that level pretty easily. But I just don't think as far as a multiplayer game, it's going to reach the height of heights that i think that people will always put it in that realm of call of duty or fortnite
1: yeah i, I absolutely agree with you i do appreciate though how nintendo tries is is trying pretty hard to make their yes. games accessible and they're teaming up with esports leagues to try to like bolster you know their properties in that arena and is- it
0: will catch on it will catch on and it will have its niche and it will have its crowd but i just don't think it's going to be catching on to the level that everybody's going to be talking about i think if it i think if it 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 would or did it would have already
1: yeah yeah I, i completely agree with you all right so that's september 9th on nintendo switch this next one september 13th this is on xbox series x and s and pc this is something we saw when the Xbox originally, remember when they're showing us the, the during the Xbox Series X conference that they had, and we had this oh. game has not been talked about since, uh, Warhammer 40,000 Dark Tide. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: A, a good friend of mine that's peers on every week, the Demolition Force, and also Vampires Vitae, Robbie Ross, the husband of Melinda Barkhouse Ross, absolutely loves anything relating to Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And I guess Henry Cavill does as well. So I think that this mm-hmm. is going to be something, especially the Vermintide series, which I more am in love with because of the fact that I think it recreates that Left for Dead style. The Vermintide series is a very close proximity to Left for Dead. And I love those fast paced, frenetic first person shooters. So I'm hoping that this version of Warhammer will actually be something I can really get into as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've never actually played one, but seeing the video during the Xbox conference and just hearing, I've heard heard some good reviews about some of the past properties that have come out, so it's like, I'm curious, you know, I'm curious enough to, like, go pick up a copy, or hopefully, if we're lucky, this will drop on Games Pass and I'll be able to play it for free, but... Yeah, I don't know. This is a series I've always been fascinated by. It seems that well, have You like, don't
0: actually play anything on the Games Pass for free because you kind of pay for the
1: service. You pay for it. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's like it's like Blockbuster. It's like it's, it's like having an AMC movie pass, you know? Unless
0: you're me that has a whole bunch of Bing points. But then again, everybody uses Google instead of Bing. Use Bing. <laughs> you know, you earn it, a lot of points.
1: It does. You know, there's actually like you can go into the xbox rewards app Mm -hmm. really cool thing too you get rewards just by playing and getting achievements but if you do like i think it's like 25 searches on bing per week you get like i want to say like 150 to 200 rewards points on xbox to be spent on like gift cards and things like that really cool that's nice that's why i have bing points waiting for
0: a wonderful time on xbox games pass
1: yeah all right, so the rest of the month is kind of owned by Square here. We have the Diofield Chronicle that will be released on PS5, Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, September 12th, Valkyrie Elysium, which I think that this one, I think, is Elys- it's Elysium or Linith. One of them is a remake, and one of them is a brand new game. I can't remember which one's which, because I'm not familiar with this franchise. I know Brian Wagner of the Super PS games is, but... I am slightly interested, though. You know, like, if if there's a lack of anything else that I'm playing at that moment, I might go in and pick these up. You know anyone that's interested in the Valkyrie (sighs) franchise? Uh, Oh, the Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah, I I actually
0: played the Valkyrie video game series back in the day, and... I actually had kind of fun with it because it was interesting to try and go ahead and see if you could chop off a lot of heads and do a lot of destruction on it. But I think that at the time, it only went so far. It was very short-lived in a success. I think at that point in time, it just only could do so much as a on-rails video game. It really is very straightforward in what it wanted to achieve. And of course, my gosh, if you've ever seen the movie itself, Uwe Boll, they have a, I guess one of the, well, he is one of the worst video game directors that's ever lived. As far as one of the first worst movie directors that's ever lived. And if you get the chance to see all of his terrible video game adaptations, Valkyrie, I think fits right in as a terrible,
1: terrible film. Okay, so Valkyrie Profile Lyneth is the remake, I guess. Or re uh, re what do you call it when it's not remaster, sorry, is the word I'm looking for. Whereas C- I lost track.
0: Remaster, re- reboot,
1: reimagining. Yeah.
0: Hey, you know what? I've got a re-headache from re redoing all that.
1: For real. And Valkyrie Elysium is the brand new game coming out. So now that doesn't
0: mean I don't mind seeing it or or enjoying it or trying to go back into it again. I just spoke up earlier. A reimagining of destroy all humans. When you do it right and you do it fun, it's going to be something I really want to get back into. Like 13, unfortunately, that was terrible as far as a remake is concerned. So embarrassing to the company that they had to apologize and take it off the Steam and store it's being
1: until remade they remade again.
0: Yes. 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 So it's being remade again. So with Valkyrie, I'm just hoping it's good because again, it was an average video game at best when it came out. I know a lot of people still have fond memories of it, but I think that they need to put things in perspective—that it was an average video game, and when it comes out, hopefully the enhancements will make it an even better video game experience. Now, but
1: kind of have my doubts. It's been ten plus years since this franchise has been touched, so it was yeah. surprising to see—you know—during the Nintendo, not Nintendo, sorry the, the PlayStation Five conference that this was this was announced. Keeping my fingers crossed, though, might be good. All right, so we're looking here. We have October moving on. We talked about Overwatch, and Overwatch 2 is being dropped October 4th. It's coming to all major consoles, PC. Big question here. Big, I guess, idea looming over everybody's head here. What is going to happen with Overwatch 2, especially in the wake of all the stuff that's going on at Blizzard? I, for one, like, as you know, I coach esports at the school I work at, and The contract that the company that I do eSports through, they canceled their contract with Blizzard over all the stuff going on, which means that the kids are no longer allowed to play Overwatch. So do you think that Overwatch 2 is going to see, especially with Microsoft at the head, is it going to see a return to eSports fame and fortune? Or do you think that this is going to be something that gets pushed under the radar?
0: Well, let me ask you a question on this. They can still go home and play overwatch too.
1: yeah but they can't play it in an organized league and that's i guess that's the big that's the big thing here is that you know it had huge um esports contracts like they were making a lot of money out of getting a lot it was getting a lot of the
0: overwatch league as i mentioned earlier jay bartlett i and i had a great conversation back in the day in the pop culture cosmo archives Mm -hmm. you can find right now on it so yeah absolutely i remember that but the thing is now flash forward years later and yes, it still wants to be an eSports property, but isn't it going free-to-play?
1: It is going free-to-play, but the big question here is, you know, with all the stuff going on at Blizzard, it's kind of lost a lot of popularity, I guess would be the word, and it's lost a lot of contracts, so...
0: Well, I also think it's just lost a lot of popularity because they didn't keep it fresh over time. Mm-hmm. I think,
1: and, Yeah, but, and the sequel's taken forever to come yeah, out.
0: But but even Overwatch, as far as the enhancements that are made... A sequel doesn't have to, we, you know, as far as, okay, you said it takes a, took a long time for a sequel. I think it, when it comes to a multiplayer shooter or a multiplayer experience like Overwatch, they just needed to go ahead and keep it fresh, keep it interesting, keep it on the cusp of what gamers are talking about, especially multiplayer games, gamers that are out there that really are looking forward to that esports experience. And mm-hmm. Overwatch definitely could have been that, But unfortunately, they didn't do what they need to do to keep it fresh, to keep it exciting. I mean, we see games today, again, like Fortnite. It's no longer the behemoth it once was, but it's still extremely popular out there. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: there are other games like Apex Legends, which now is over a couple years old, which is now very popular even to this day. Call of Duty Warzone, same thing. There are multiplayer experiences heck, the GTA online experience is still popular to this day and it's been out for many years. Yeah. I mean, the online experience can still be, as far as a multiplayer platform, successful for several years. You just have to go ahead and keep it fresh. So Overwatch 2, yes, it did take a while coming out, but they didn't keep Overwatch fresh enough as a product in order to go ahead and make Overwatch 2 something everybody's going to be talking about. And if you're ready to talk toys... I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for Season 2 for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what-if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports
1: TV, Canada. Okay, so here let's let's look at you know another side of Overwatch that people tend to overlook, right? Like they have comic books, right? They have comic books, they have animes, they have uh action figures, all these things to kind of further expand on the mythology that is overwatch but they will not do a single player mode for that Mm -hmm. do you think that that's kind of shooting themselves in the foot or do you think it it would matter
0: i don't think it would matter for something like overwatch 2 that with the overwatch whole ip i don't think people really care about if there's a single player experience or not for overwatch i think that if call of duty it's different call of duty had for years Always had the single player, mm. the multiplayer experience, and then later on tacked on the zombies to it. Yeah. And when they cut out the single player experience, there was an uproar for people who just played the single player experience.
1: Oh, yeah, and you'd be surprised how many people that there were that just play the single player experience. Uh, that and was, was me first a- time.
0: Yeah, the mm. same. That was me for for a while. So I'm going to say that no, nobody's going to be really you know up in arms over the fact that there's not no single player experience they just want a good multiplayer experience with overwatch 2 will it catch on on a free-to-play format i mean so many games now destiny and so many others have gone to a free-to-play format and style looking for fame and fortune once again i don't know will it find that success it is now a very crowded market it is no longer 2015 where free-to-play games could stand out in the marketplace. They're now a dime a dozen that's out there from all over the spectrum.
1: Yeah. Right. And it's proven to be a very like lucrative business model for a lot of these companies, you know, looking at Genshin impact and the, the ability to buy characters and clothes and weapons. And, you know, even looking at something like call of duty, right? Like yeah. the ability to buy skins, Fortnite, things like that. Like it's proven to be a very lucrative business model for people because, obviously it's working or else people wouldn't keep doing it so yeah yeah. so i I don't know i mean we'll we'll see how it does that's october 4th october kind of kicks off gaming season for this year you know every year has like a a run of games coming out so we move from uh, overwatch 2 to marvel's midnight suns ps5 series x playstation 4 xbox one all the major players uh, pc that's October 7th. We don't really know a lot about this. I haven't really shown a whole lot about this besides, uh, you know, some cool cinematic videos. So I don't really know what to expect from this. Is it a top-down game, kind of in the style of Marvel Ultimate Alliance, or is it going to be more like the, the square version of Marvel's Avengers? I don't really know at this point. So what is this something you, you think you might be excited to play?
0: I don't always go to the traditional, where everybody goes to and leans into but I can recognize hits early on when you see a lot of people jumping on it. You hear the talk. You hear the buzz. You see the buzz on social media about games that are really popular. So I'm really uh, looking forward to going ahead and seeing what if if, if it is going to be a, a game people will follow.
1: Yeah. So I'm
0: hoping that people will go ahead and actually will follow it. And if that's the case, then maybe I'll keep a little bit stronger eye on it if that's the case. But right now, no, I don't have very much of a a yeah. affinity for it at this time
1: yeah it does i mean i, I want to know more about it october 14th we have dragon ball the breakers i don't know how much you've seen on this game it looks like something that does not quite know what it wants to be you know mm-hmm. is it like you have all these all from what i understand all the cool stuff happens in like the waiting rooms for the main for the game so I don't know. Like, I think Dragon Ball has found some success, you know, with Kakarot and Xenoverse, Tenki Bodakai series. Like, I I think they've found success, but I I feel like this is one of those games that doesn't quite have an identity yet. All right. So we have moving on. We have Plague Tale Requiem. That's a PS5, Xbox, Switch, PC game, October 18th. Very beautiful looking game. You know, we saw some of that at the Xbox conference. I still want to play the last Plague Tale. I know I downloaded it, but I haven't had a chance to, like, sit down and play it. This game does look neat. All right, so the rest of the month is, is huge in-game releases. So we have Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. That's Switch, October 20th. Scorn on Xbox and PC, October 21st. Gotham Knights, PS5, Xbox, PC, October 25th. Uh-huh. Star Ocean, The Divine Force, PS5, Xbox, PC, October 27th. Bayonetta 3, October 28th. That's on Switch. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two, that's on all major consoles, October twenty eighth. Resident Evil Reverse, P- that's the multiplayer uh, Resident Evil, that's on PS4, Xbox, October twenty eighth, and the expansion for Resident Evil Village: Winters expansion, that's on all major consoles, October twenty eighth. I know I just named a grip load here. Are there any of these that kind of these titles that stick out to you?
0: You know, we've always loved Bayonetta here on the show we've always thought it's underappreciated it is one of the most critically hailed nintendo ips ever out there i mean people don't understand they think, oh okay the zelda series and you have the mario series as far as uh, some of the the different mario worlds that have been actually so well received and of, of course uh, depending on the games the mario kart games have been well received but in the pantheon of nintendo games when you look at it Bayonetta is one of the most lauded game series in history, yet so few people have actually experienced Bayonetta. It's style, it's grace, it's action. It's so creative. The story is unique. It has a nice touch from from the, you know, as far as the Japanese developers, it just created a great story. It just seems to have a flavor all of its own, but yet it, it just... It just barely moves along. It barely comes out with a a bang. You know, every single outlet from IGN to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos to GameSpot. just It doesn't matter. We all praise it, but the the audience doesn't seem to clamor into it. And that's, to me, a very crying shame. But I think that it will go down in history as one of the most underappreciated and under-the-radar ip series of all time and i don't expect anything different from bayonetta 3 because they're putting out at a time where it's going to get overrun again by other games even on nintendo switch just it just was a poor decision to bring it out when they did if this would have come out earlier in this year maybe would gotten a lot more attention and the attention it truly deserves but bringing out now later in the year it's going to get buried once again. I'm just convinced of it. I, I don't want yeah. to see it happen, but I'm just convinced it will.
1: Right. No, I I agree. Bayonetta three kind of or Bayonetta, sorry, the franchise kind of reminds me of Devil May Cry. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very fun, stylized, it's beautiful, a better, game, and it's more you
0: know, well received than Devil May Cry.
1: Yeah, and it's it's aware of itself. And yes. I think that's one of like the great things about it. And yeah, it's critically praised, but then you know, you see it at walmart or target a few months after it comes out and the price has already been slashed in half because nobody's buying it
0: yeah and it's just the biggest shame i know star ocean a lot of people are hoping for a continuous success for the star ocean series mm-hmm. i know that there uh, i think there, that there's hopes that that could actually latch on in a larger fashion but those games that you mentioned a lot of those games outside of mario rabbits uh, that one i think is a hit series in and of itself because actually on the Nintendo Switch, the Mario and Rabbids series actually is one of the most popular games on the series. So Mm -hmm. don't underestimate exactly the long-term effects. And it's been a big hit for Ubisoft. And I think that they will continue that success with this version of Mario Rabbids. But you take Mario Rabbits out of the equation, you have a lot of titles that are actually in that same wavelength And one may break out, two may break out, but then all of these could also get snowed under by what's coming up in November as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, I just want to finish on Resident Evil. Like, I, for one, really loved the switch to first person with, uh, you know, Resident Evil Biohazard. And looking at this Winter's expansion, they're going back to a third-person style of game. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I just, like, I don't like it, you know? Like, I don't know if that's something that I'm going to be excited to play. Like, I remember, third, like, okay, to me, third-person shooters are, they're hit or miss. You know, Mass Effect did it right, but there are games, like, Resident Evil 5 was hard to play, you know, because the camera angles got annoying, and it always felt like there's some, you know, there's a giant person right in your peripherals, you know? Like, I, Mass Effect was cool because they did a good job of, like, putting Commander Shepard off to the side you know like when you wanted to bring up your crosshairs they shifted him over so that he wasn't the big focus in the screen this is Uh something that resident evil games before biohazard struggled with and uh, i just don't know how i feel about making the move back to third person
0: it's going to be very interesting to see resident evil i mean that's always been a hot button as far as the kind of things that they've done to it the additions that they made the changes that they've made Resident Evil is always going to be something there. I think they just can't leave it alone. I yeah. think that once well, they get it right, like the previous Resident Evil game that came out, what? Resident Evil 7? Village? Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Village. Village was 8, well-received, yeah. looks beautiful. The detail on the characters is tremendous. And now you're going ahead in a different direction and or you're trying to go ahead and make games with the Resident Evil attachment name to it that, aren't quite as quality as something like we've seen with resident evil village i think that when it comes to it down to it resident evil is just again it's hit or miss for me and i think Mm -hmm. it's hit or miss for a lot of people where you have the base games which for the most part are so good and then everything else that's attached onto it with a resident evil name on it it just seems like it's just fodder it's just you know, yeah. something that's going to be put in the, in the clearance rack, like you said earlier with some of the other games, it's going to be put in the clearance rack rather quickly.
1: Yeah, I and OK, looking at we talk about Final Fantasy a lot. Final Fantasy, like it works to have so many games, you know, so many numbered entries because everything takes place. A separate world tells a separate story, so it feels fresh whenever you play it. Resident Evil, like we're we're approaching like what twenty something games now and it just the story seems to just keep going in circles. And yeah. I loved Village, I loved Biohazard, but I just like I don't see how much life that this franchise has left in it.
0: I agree. Agree wholeheartedly. As long as they keep on the straight and narrow with the base games, mm-hmm. I think they'll be doing fine. It's when they go off the beaten path and you start doing like Raccoon City and all these yeah. other offshoot games that they've created over the years that are trying to be add-ons that touch on different genres. I think that that's when they get in trouble. and it, be, it just seems like it's a sellout and it's just you know something that they throw on there with the Resident Evil name, just try to get more cash. When you go for cash grabs, it doesn't work out in movies, television, or video games. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah
1: absolutely all right so we're finishing off the year here november and december have less games in them but still some big titles we have harvestella that releases to switch and pc november 4th skull and bones is one that's been kind of talked about not talked about barry well that's okay let's,
0: let's talk about the miracle that is actually coming out after what fifteen thousand
1: years in development it's not going to be a complete game like this is I i have a feeling they just took a bunch of like random resources that had been crafted for this game and stitched them together and said here's this this pirate ship game well this this looks to me
0: like a bigger issue with ubisoft i think that ubisoft you know it's a a company in and of itself that has a lot of these ideas and tries to make everything one of them stick even though that in their better judgment they shouldn't put out half the games that they do they Mm -hmm. should focus on a core niche of games we talked about mario and rabbits which have achieved outstanding success of course the assassin creeds games rainbow six and then after that it's kind of a touch and go on what they put out but they put out a ton of stuff under yeah. all these different ips we talked about on a show earlier this year where we talked about the news that they're they're discontinuing a lot of games that they were had in development so yeah. I, with ubisoft i think it's just something that they have to go ahead and focus in on just a few ips and i think they can get that right but if they don't and they just keep put out stuff all over the place then you're going to get hit and miss from Ubisoft, and i think that's the problem
1: yeah yeah and i mean they have a lot of games too that they've discussed at certain points and then just never talked about again so mm-hmm. And this is a lesson too that like well, was Bethesda had learned the hard way. You know, they put out a lot of games that they thought people would be excited about and ended up going away, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I know Ubisoft, their future so uncertain right now, especially with the uh, rumors of them being bought out. I think Vivendi was looking into them. I'm not sure if that's right. Well, so many right.
0: companies are looking into them.
1: So we'll see, you know, I know they got that Assassin's Creed conference coming up next month that people are talking about. So it, it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials?
0: If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation
1: god of war ragnarok and that comes out november 9th i am personally excited about this love the original god of war well Um, i want to applaud playstation
0: for going into a different direction with this god of war i mean they could have easily fell into the trap of okay the previous edition the one that came out just a few years ago Mm -hmm. that told a beautiful narrative it was so outstanding to look at it was visually stunning And it was such a departure from the hack and slash games where you're tying the combo numbers together and all that, that I think it was just so beneficial to go into a different direction. It's one of those rare cases where a publisher and developer made the right move in making a game series from the past even better. I think it, it was a great direction for them to go in. I know it won a ton of game of the year awards and i think that this is going to follow suit will it be as good you know we saw with the horizon game that came out earlier this year by playstation that it was well received it got snowed under by elden ring but that wasn't because it wasn't a good game you spoke highly of it so i think that this sequel could follow suit i don't know if it'll have the same kind of impact that the original rebooted God of War that came out just a short time ago, a few years ago, that had a really magnetizing hold on gamers when it came out. I'm not sure this will do the same thing, but I think it'll be at first well-received and like you said, well-purchased initially because of the fact that there's so much love for the God of War series based off that previous success that they just had.
1: Yeah, the Last God of War game was probably like my top game of the past ten years. Like, it was a beautiful game. I know this is supposed to be the ending of the Norse saga, and I just I I was expecting three games, you know. So hopefully,
0: because everybody likes to do everything in threes,
1: it just makes sense, you know. Like a trilogy would be great. Because they did the same thing with like what was a God of War three? They did three God of War games last time. So I, just, I remember I guess they
0: did God of War offshoots too, though.
1: Yeah, the PSP ones yeah so i mean i'm excited about this game this is a, probably going to be like my biggest play in november finally we're closing off the month of pokemon scarlet pokemon violets yep, yeah yep. Po- gotta pokemon, catch them all right yeah pokemon arceus legends did really well one of my daughters
0: absolutely loves the series
1: yeah and it, it doesn't look like there's a lot taken from that game because i know these were in production at the same time as that game was so i don't know if like The stuff that they found out was successful from Legends is going to be incorporated into this one or not, but it looks cool. So Sword and Shield was kind of like a big 3D offering of the old Pokemon games. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was fun, but it was just kind of more of the same. So I'm really curious, like what this is going to offer. I think that it will be a strong seller
0: in the month of November and December. But if it continues on, it's just going to be the fact that it's going to be one of the best overall experiences of 2022 i think it has to achieve that level in order for it to continue selling strong well into Mm -hmm. the new year
1: yeah absolutely and finally december these are the only confirmed dates for december we have right now the Callista protocol that's december 2nd all major consoles and pc
0: well that's one thing i want to talk about that's i think the new property that's coming out this year that is getting the most steam behind it Mm -hmm. sorry pardon the pun with all you pc gamers out there but I think that it's, it's garnering the most attention. I think that they've gone out of the way to showcase it on various platforms, GameSpot, IGN, as far as putting it out there. I think the Kalisto Protocol that's coming out in early December, correct?
1: Yeah, December 2nd.
0: I think that's a game that people need to look out for to see if it will become the next Dead Space. I think from what people are seeing and the reactions at this point in time as we're recording this, I think it has a chance to go ahead and be a new IP that a lot of horror genre fans in the gaming world will want to get into.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to think that this started out as a PUBG add-on. Yeah. You know, and then they kind of, as PUBG's popularity fell, I think is a good move and they will be like, oh, maybe we should make this its own thing. Hello Neighbor 2, that's all major consoles, PC, December 6th, and then finally Dragon Quest, that's Nintendo Switch on December 9th. And then I'll briefly go through things that have not been given release dates yet, but are supposed to be released during this year. We have Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboot, that got delayed due to the war in Ukraine. The Atomic Heart, that got delayed. I think that's also a Ukrainian or Russian company. I'm not sure. The, which Stalker one. 2 is another yeah. one. Yeah, Stalker 2. Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion it's supposed to be put out in December. We have not been given a straight release date on that one yet. There's another Destiny expansion. There's a Final Fantasy Ever Crisis. Five Nights at Freddy's is supposed to have a game coming out. Ghostbusters Goat Simulator new Gungrave game supposed to be coming out Laura Croft game supposed to be released on the switch
0: well you haven't talked about the game that I think that will be at the top of the list in the sales charts for 2022 and that is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2
1: Call of Duty yeah sorry that was back in about early October, November, 28th yep okay
0: well it always comes there's you pat the last week of October first week of November as Call mm-hmm. of Duty time and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is a re-envisioning. We've gone back to the re, but a re-envisioning of the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 that actually came out over a decade ago, which found its own success. I wonder if they're going to go ahead and create a No Russian, mm-hmm. which was very controversial at the time, which, if it was done again in some form or fashion, would be controversial today. So yeah. I don't know if well, how they're, what they're going to do there, but it is Call of Duty. I think Call of Duty, even though it has declined a little bit in sales over recent years, it's still the number one game that's out there selling-wise each and every year. So I think that they're going to try to see what they can do to, to slow down that wrong way of momentum and try to go mm-hmm. ahead and rebound and try look forward to better sales if it's good. Because they're yeah. going back to a property that they can believe in, with, in the Call of Duty Modern Warfare world they've had hits and misses in the past 10 years with some of the IPs in the range of what they've done with call of duty. As far as ghosts, everybody knows how bad that was. And
1: some other other like oddly wow. enough, like I like the single player and ghosts. I, I, didn't play the multiplayer so you know how
0: well it was not received i'm just gonna say that right now it's considered by many to be the worst of the call of duty
1: games they what i do appreciate by call of duty you know speaking of ghosts they're starting to incorporate stuff advanced
0: warfare modern Yeah, Yeah, they're
1: incorporating things from these other properties into and together you know like they're creating this like shared universe which i think is pretty cool yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. So Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is also, that's probably going to be the number one game of sale, whether or not it's well-received. It really doesn't matter. Even if it's a 7 out of 10, it still sells well enough to go ahead and be number one because of the fact that everybody seems, well, those that are within the Call of Duty community, they have to they buy it. It seems like they have to go ahead and buy the latest edition once a yeah. year just so they can keep up with their friends in the new multiplayer arenas that they've got there for you but i think there's another game that you missed that i wanted to talk about before we head on out and that is roller drone that's coming out in early august i think that by the time that you hear this out there for all of our podcast listeners it's already out there and you can go ahead and get it already right away right there for you on the various formats obviously taking the roller derby type format into a combat multiplayer zone and i think that if you get a chance to check it out it may not do everything that you wanted to do but as far as you know being in a real cluster of uh, many different players and many different outlooks being in a, a futuristic world where you go ahead and are basically fighting for your life and trying to go ahead and utilize several weapons at your disposal while you're going around with roller skates essentially I think the concept is there. I think it's different. I think it might be something fun to look at. So I think if you get a chance and you missed it when it came out, I think you ought to give it a chance because it's something different. It's something that probably will get reduced in price rather quickly as far as being at a discount, especially on Steam. Yeah, so I think you might want to give it a chance.
1: They're finding interesting ways to recreate the multiplayer genre. So hopefully something will catch.
0: Well, we've had a great time talking about all the games that are still yet to come out as we're recording this that are coming out the rest of 2022, the ones that are scheduled and the ones that hopefully will arrive in 2022. But any last thoughts? I know, again, 2023 is going to be stacked. If everything holds to play, it's going to be stacked.
1: Yeah, I hope so.
0: But any last thoughts on 2022 in the world of gaming before we head on out?
1: traditionally you know at the end of the summer sony and microsoft have had like second conferences so i mean it's possible we're going to be getting some more release dates here soon but yeah but i mean look at october's already packed you know it'd be foolish to put something out then november has room for some things december definitely has room for some things so i don't know anything's possible at this moment but yeah i know i think you're right i think 2023 is going to be the year for gaming
0: If you only only enough money for one game to go ahead and get out of the entire group that we've talked about today, what game would that be?
1: You know, that's a tough question. It'd probably be God of War Ragnarok, but that kills me because like those are only like six hour games. If I could only play one game all year, I'd probably invest in, you know, an RPG like, you know, whether it's Final Fantasy, Crisis Core Reunion, or if it's Star Ocean, Divine Force. I'd want something that would last me a while. But you know, foolishly I would probably buy God of War Ragnarok because I love that last game so much.
0: Foolishly,
1: I think you would as well, my friend.
0: <laughs> I think probably God of War would be a strong choice for me as well. I think it just for me though, I think that there's no real game that stands out as I gotta have it. I think that's the problem for me. Yeah. There's no game for me that says I gotta have it. Like with you and God of War, God of War, Ragnarok to you is something that speaks to you because of how great an experience you had of God of War. God of War to me was a great game for me, but not to the point where I. Got to go and have it right away at $70. I think I'm the guy that says, you know what? I'll get God of War Ragnarok down the road when it's at a discounted price because I'm not in a hurry to get it. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to be a great game. That doesn't mean it's not going to be a great experience, which I think it will because I think a lot of people are going to go ahead and find the love for God of War and Kratos once again.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So that's our thoughts on the year 2022 and what's still scheduled to come out. Hoping that all these games that are still on the board for 2022 will come out in 2022. But if you have thoughts on the year in gaming in 2022, what you would like to see or what you're excited for coming up in 2022, please, absolutely please, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough, as always, for being a part of it. Just a great look into the world of gaming for the rest of 2022. Any last thoughts before we head on out?
1: I think that's it, man. I think we got it.
0: All right. Any shots for the Happy Hoarder out there, my friend?
1: It's coming along. You know, I'm, I'm doing the paperwork right now. And it's like the worst part for me because, like, there's so much of it. And I'm just trying to, like, keep track of it all. So, Once I get through the paperwork phase, I think the happy hoarder will be a little happier.
0: Well, that sounds like you're hoarding the paperwork. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're getting good practice in. Absolutely. (laughs) So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great